So, tell us how much you hated this week's episode of Mandalorian. No, I'm here to to tell you all about some of the wonderful things that happens in Season 3, Episode 1, or as I'm going to call it (laughs) moving forward, because the rest of this season did not happen. (laughs) I really only, honestly... Okay, hello and welcome to the Movie Men Podcast. (laughs) The PT. My name's Brady. And I'm Carl. And uh, I've only got one real gripe this week. And I think it's a pretty major gripe. Not so much like on the episode, but like sloppy world building, I think. Um, Okay. But other than that, this is like, this is a great episode. Yeah, this one was a lot of fun. Got it. Great episode. Again, starting to get some kind of payoffs from earlier episodes where we were like, where we were like what? Why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. Anyway. Uh, why don't you dive into it? Let me, let me, you're, I'm very curious of, to hear your thoughts on this, having hated on most of this season so far. Um, well, I still don't know why Grogu's sitting on everyone's laps all the time in cockpits that seems dangerous and not okay to me but that <laughs> is what it is um t-shirts uh, the new ig12 not ig11 but ig12 yep was kind of weird and kind of dumb but also really funny and like yeah. also clearly just a t-shirt sell but but yeah, but, but again, but a like t-shirt story that I wise, want. Story wise, we now know like one of the reasons he went back for IG. Like, yes, this is kind of that payoff. Okay, let's try and fix IG. We can't fix IG. Okay, well, we'll turn let's him go into find a another droid. Okay, vehicle. Well, now IG comes back into play, but as a um, as a, as a walking tank for Grogu. As as a mech, basically yeah, it's a mech suit, and. uh I think it was just so funny. Like, honestly, the, the, no, no, yes, 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 yes. yes. (laughs) He can finally talk. (laughs) Yeah. You can only say yes and no, apparently. Um, but yeah, I thought that was fun. I enjoyed that. Um, what else do I really enjoy? I mean, there's, there's a tension throughout all of this episode because you've had the two clans kind of come together, right? Yeah. And yeah, we it, finally see them kind of unite in this episode. Yeah. So the tension's there when they first arrive. The tension kind of grows when the night owls all take their helmets off and you're just kind of like, you know, you can't see the expression on, on the cult guys, but they're like, you can tell they're not comfortable with it. Like it's, it's this kind of, and then the armorer kind of breaks it up, right? Yeah. She starts clanging her tools together and she's like, hello and welcome. And Let's have a feast. We'd like you to set up a camp with us and we're going to cook you some roast Gungan and, you know, like whatever else. And um, so that's, that's fun. We got, in my opinion, confirmation of my theory. Okay, remind the viewers and me of your theory. When we saw that there was a piece of Beskar armor, or like traces of Beskar, at the scene of the crime that broke out Moff Gideon. Right. And I said, I think there's a very good chance that they weren't even Mandalorians that broke them out. Hmm. And you sort of maintained that it probably was, but it was like Mandalorians that are working for the Empire, you know, blah, 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 right? It seems like no. It seems like it what that that Moff Gideon has equipped a new line of troopers with Beskar armor. And so that's why that's kind of, you know, that's why there would have been Beskar at the scene of the crime. Yeah. So he was broken up by non non-Mandalorians. Um so I won that one. Suck it. Well, I didn't completely poo-poo on that theory. I said that that was one of one of many possible theories. What do you think about the idea, though, that they're wearing Beskar armor now? I think it's 
at first I was like, this is really exciting and fascinating. Like, ooh, cool, ooh, ooh, ooh. But then I was kind of like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Because, well, I was like, the stormtroopers, they seem to keep doing things in Star Wars where they're like, and then at this point in time, way in the past, we created a line of far superior stormtroopers. And I was like, okay, great, sweet. But wait a second, why did you then stop using these superior stormtroopers? Right? Like, we see it. Money, it, money, uh, money, money. You think so? <laughs> it was just like I don't know. cheaper money, to time, have training, ge- generic stormtroopers. But I I thought, I, so at first I thought the, the Beskar thing was really cool, but then ultimately it kind of felt to me like, and we keep crapping on the MCU, but it kind of felt like the thing that the MCU did, where it was, we reached a point sort of at the beginning of phase four of the MCU, where it was like, okay, we've decided that everybody's a super soldier. You're a super soldier, and you're a super soldier, and you can be a super soldier. Here, drink this. Now you're a super soldier. And so then I was just kind of like, okay, now we just have a room full of dudes wearing Beskar. And so everyone's just back on like the level playing ground again. Right. And so that was kind of like. Well, yeah. So my thought on this, and it was kind of confirmed by some breakdown videos I was watching, was uh, in the show's title. The show's title is Spy Multiple. Uh, and in, in, at the beginning of this episode, uh, we see our Coruscant Moff Gideon's right-hand lady contacting the Moff and telling her about the Mandalorians and how they foiled some plans he had. Because he had originally, again, another payoff here, he had hired the pirates to attack Navarro and, and con- maintain control of Navarro for him. Uh, probably for that cloning facility, or it's probably got some strategic advantage for him. More than likely just that cloning facility, I guess. But <clears throat> that's only she's only one spy. We don't see any other spy that we know of this whole episode. So who's the other spy? Right. Right? Somebody else is working for Gideon. Who is it? And I think it's confession time. I think I need to tell you something about who I'm working for Gideon. Who I am and what I've been up to. Yeah. <laughs> knew it all along. Um yeah, so like there are a few theories rolling around out there, but I think the best one is that it's the armor. Ooh. Right. So you're like, you're asking the question, where did they get all this Beskar armor? Right? Because up till now they've they've said like Beskar armor is hard to force. Well, no, no, no. I'm not asking where they got it from. Or just I, I assume it's just because it they've taken over Mandalore and so makes they're it less makes it less uh, it just makes it less special. special. But no, yeah. that's an interesting theory though. Like because just so, because they got their hands on Beskar doesn't mean that they would necessarily know how right. to work with it. Yeah. So there are a lot of kind of interconnecting threads to this theory that make it really plausible, right? Her her helmet has horns, similar to the horns worn in the uh, Clone Wars episodes where uh, Darth Maul had Mandalorians following him. They put horns right. on their helmets. Right, so she was that. formerly potentially a member of Death Watch. Death Watch, we she she explained how Death Watch devolved into infighting and split off into many different factions. Yada yada. So she's a, a former member of Death Watch. But who else has horns on their helmet in this episode? Did Gideon have them? Gideon had horns very similar to hers in this episode. Oh. On top of that, and this is a theory I didn't, I've tossed it around in my mind, but I never gave it a lot of credence, a lot of weight. But another theory that popped up into a video I was watching was that Gideon is actually a Mandalorian. 
Oh. Potentially a form, one of these factions that split off from Death Watch. And somehow he's connected with the armorer. They were against each other. He somehow swayed her that his way of bringing back the Mandalorian culture is the best way. So maybe some of these stormtroopers, quote unquote, aren't, aren't, some of them probably are just kind of normal stormtrooper recruits. But I would, uh, if this theory holds water and is true, it wouldn't be a stretch to say that some of these people, some of these stormtroopers are actually Mandalorians as well following Moff Gideon. And one of the, like, if you look at Gideon's armor compared to this, the rest of these stormtroopers, his armor is extremely Mandalorian in design. Right. It's got the, it's got the diamond heart of armor in the center of the chest that all the other Mandalorians armor has. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like, that's supposed to be like a very special um, symbolic feature to Mandalorian armor to say, I am a Mandalorian. Right. Right. So there's some really cool theories floating out there right now that uh, like, who's the other spy, you know, some, it could have been one of those people on that sail skiff, one of the Mandalorians on the sail skiff. Yeah. Cause they knew exactly where the forge was. (coughs) It could have been the armor for the reasons I mentioned. Also, she just, happened to have left before they were attacked mm-hmm. right to, to potentially set up an attack on the fleet um yeah all kinds of really cool uh theories floating out there about who the other spy is and moff gideon speaking of moff gideon that shadow council scene was dope af man it was pretty cool like so we get some really cool calls call forwards not call backs call forwards to the uh disney trilogy with what's his name's daddy that he has issues with oh yeah 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 um we get uh callbacks to the the um thrawn's right hand man in yeah. being one of the council members um yeah so some really cool stuff well so speaking of that council um, I think we got our next real confirmation. And I mean, there's been little doubt. You've been, like, I would say almost completely certain. I've left it a little more potentially open for them to be going other routes. Um, but our a sort of a working theory has been that so much of this and what, you know, what the um, what the Empire is really focused on right now is the revival of Palpatine. And I think hearing that there is something called Project Necromancer is certainly, it's certainly one big leap forward towards that being a reality, right? That that's. And and the, yeah, the talk of cloning involved with that. The talk of cloning, the talk of the fact that like, it see like this council seems threatened by Thrawn's return, right? Like they're they're I yeah. I as don't know. the smartest guy in the room, he could steer them away from trying to resurrect Palpatine. Yes, and so yeah, so I don't know. It's that's it's all really fascinating, and I don't know where they're going to take all of this and what it's, you know, but I'm also like with the news that that movie's coming and I don't know, like, I guess it could be years and years and years and years out. Like, I don't know. I don't know if we're getting, like, I know we're getting a season four of Mandalorian. And so I guess, I guess uh, season four of Mandalorian is going to have to be nuts. Yeah. Like, it's just going to have to be, like, they're just going to have to not waste time. Well, the season finale's got to be nuts. It just, I hope so. Like, well, they, well they, they, there's an imminent attack on the Mandalorian fleet. You've got a small group that led by Bo-Katan, <clears throat> essentially running for their lives on the surface. Yeah. <coughs> Din Djarin was captured for some reason. Like, why Why kill Paz Vizsla and capture Din? 
Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. So, like, what is going to happen next episode? You're dying here. Let me talk. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I hope so. I, You know, there's still the potential that it's going to, like, we talked last week, I think, about, like, what if they're just going to do a really unsatisfying, really awful cliffhanger ending? Because we know that in the process of writing season three, John Favreau also figured out the story for season four because he wanted to know, he wanted to to make this season make a lot of sense so that it was all like kind of one big through story. And so hopefully this isn't, um, hopefully this isn't two seasons that are just telling one season worth of story. I hope that's not the case. I don't know. We'll kind of have to wait and see. Um, I do want to, so you talk, you were talking about horns. You're talking about yeah, horns, horns on helmets. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up horns because my big gripe, the gripe that I think is not necessarily an issue with this episode. It's an, it's, it's a world building episode or a, uh, it's a world building issue, an issue with world building in general. We see this massive monster at the end. It's sort of the climax of, of leading into the climax of this episode is this big fight with some big, crazy, scary monster. Not even fight. It kind of destroys this. Well, yeah, yeah you know what I mean? Yeah, okay, semantics. But it's like there's a big monster. And um, so apparently, apparently Mandalore is inhabited by big, scary monsters. I don't understand what the big deal is about the mythosaur. Because on paper, it would seem like well, it's just a really big monster. Right? It's just this big, ancient, scary It's like being. the king daddy of the monsters on Mandalore. It, yeah, but it I don't know, we caught a glimpse at it and it didn't seem like it was really any bigger than this thing or really any bigger like uh, they talk about the mythosaur like it's this insane force to be reckoned with that it's so big and it's so bad and it's so crazy <clears throat> and and that's why he's like and he's one of our insignias and he's all this stuff and I'm like Okay, but you just dealt with this other big one, and he seems like he's also a big problem and just as big. What about all the the jerk, monster, evil, awful things that are lurking at the bottom of the lake in Naboo? Like, it's not like the mythosaur is the only massive monster out there. And so I just don't understand. I don't know. I think having, I think showing up on Mandalore. And there being this other big monster, like the big threat has been that like, it's the mythosaur is real. It's still there. It's you saw it, it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know, after, after they saw this other thing, which is clearly not a mythosaur, when it first started breaking out, I was like, holy shit, it's mythosaur time. And it wasn't mythosaur time. And so then I was just kind of like, you guys are going to be kind of underwhelmed when you see the mythosaur. (laughs) <laughs> like it's just kind of I don't know I don't I don't get what the big deal is. Yeah, uh, uh, is uh, sorry I feel like this is nitpicky and I want to just kind of clarify is your issue with the mythosaur being the symbology of Mandalore? No, just like the just the the freak out that everybody has about it that like <clears throat> that why it's why it's held in such high regard why it's held in such high regard why it's seen as such a <clears throat> it's perceived as such a potential hazard when it's like okay well i i don't know why y'all are freaking about out about the mythosaur because it seems like right under the surface of the planet there are these other big things why is why is <clears throat> that not the perceived threat why are we not worried about those why have we not heard mention of them until now? Well, we have heard mention of them because Bo-Katan lays it out for us at the beginning when she's okay. I, the beginning kind of, the of this episode, re- asking for recruits. Yes, but why? Why not until this episode? 
why in all of the discussions about the dangers, the hazards of Mandalore, the, you know, the whatever else, the condition that Mandalore is in, why, and, and then, yeah, and then to your, or to what you suggested even further, like, why, why is the mythosaur this well, thing of legend? The myth, the mythosaur is important, and they've outlined this before, too, that it's it's important because the first Mandalore tamed and rode one. Yeah. So, so but why are we scared of them and then? If, pardon? Why are we scared of them then? Who's scared of them? Uh, it seemed like the. It seemed like I when would, I think you're mistaking reverence for fear. <laughs> it seemed like when, well, okay, but why do we not have reverence for? Because first off, everybody thinks they're extinct except for Bo-Katan and now the armor. Yeah, I don't know. I just it but, it just seemed to me like it took away I th- I think the appearance of the arrival of an interaction with a mythosaur would have been so much more powerful in such a more uh, like big feeling moment if the second that we arrived on Mandalore we weren't attacked by something that is potentially even bigger. I don't know. Godzilla is still the king of monsters, even though Godira is bigger. Okay, but we're talking about Star Wars. <laughs> no, but, but you're talking about big monsters, and why is this monster the yeah. king of, like, so big and scary? Well, Godzilla is big and scary, and the king of monsters, because he's the most be- badass monster there is, Nobody, nobody can defeat him. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean he's the biggest monster. Godira is obviously a bigger monster than Godzilla, but he still beat Godir- Go- <laughs> beat him. Mm-hmm. So, like, we're and, also we're also thick into the weeds here. <laughs> like, yeah, well, in in think, in, in most incarnations, I think of you're Godzilla. reading too much into it, and you're not you're not like like Mandalore is always. I don't I've never considered Mandalore to be a safe place. No. No, no. Right? Like I've always assumed it was dangerous and there are big bad monsters all over the place. So I don't know yeah. why you've attributed it to to to, to be the, hey, the hey, place hey, that was. Hey, don't don't make this don't turn the, I'm telling you something <laughs> I don't like. Don't turn this into a shortcoming of me. I'm don't, just trying to I no, I I I am turning it into a shortcoming because I don't know why like why your assumption is going in that direction. It's it's it. Listen, it's not an assumption. It's an just because they didn't. My just because they didn't write it down and hand it to you my, on a piece of paper my, four episodes ago. You're not happy. My opinion. I'll restate <laughs> it because apparently someone in the back didn't hear it. My opinion is that for me, the imminent arrival of the mythosaur would have been more impactful had we not dealt with another massive monster the second we arrived on Mandalore. That's not my shortcoming. It's not an assumption. It's me saying that it if if that was the big, like, it just made it feel for me like the okay. mythosaur doesn't isn't hanging as big of a shadow over this operation that it's not and maybe I'll be proven wrong when it happens I don't know maybe I'll still feel the same way maybe I'll pull a, a total 180 but for me when they when we arrived and I saw this moment that I thought was a mythosaur moment because look at it it's so massive yeah, coming up I was there like, with you I what, thought it was mythosaur I was like what two. else could it be it must be. And then it wasn't, and it was just some other big massive thing. And then I was like, oh, okay. It was so, so but like, you know, what whatever. If, let, let, let me kind of try and reframe your mind here on this issue. <laughs> I don't know. I just I framed it. I don't know why you gotta reframe it, but go ahead. Because because I think you're 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 stuck in a little box and you need to open your mind to why can't, bigger things. Why can't my opinion just be my opinion? Because <laughs> it's wrong. I for the what most if, pa- hang on, I, hang on. For the most what part, if, I like the sequel trilogy. Do you wanna should we reframe if your mind? Next what if next episode 
we we get there's always a bigger fish moment. You know that will work to? only that will work only if it turns out the mythosaur is in fact dimensionally larger and I'm not convinced entirely yet that it is. I don't know, it could be. It Why could be. It be. I'm not saying it can't. I'm just <clears throat> saying that I'm even, not convinced that it is. Even if it's not massively bigger, if it shows up and it completely destroys this other beast like Absolutely. easily rips it apart yeah that if it turns that, you know what if it same, if it same, shows up same outcome if it shows up and it turns out it's got skin <clears throat> made of beskar and it's like whatever then yes i'm right there with you 100 percent. all i'm saying is that the the fighting of this monster in this episode has made me skeptical that i am going to have the reaction <laughs> that i think i'm supposed the to fight. <laughs> they didn't fight this thing Whatever the 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 <laughs> decimation caused by this monster. There you go. Yeah, that's better. That's that's there you go. Yeah. <sighs> what else? What else you want to talk about? What else? What else am I wrong about in this episode? Uh, everything. <laughs> Probably. Oh, what else really cool happened? What did what else did we see? Oh man. I mean, so they arrive. So, like, a moment that I thought was really cool was the discovery that the Empire is set up on and hiding out on Mandalore. Mandalore. Yeah. I wondered how much of. I I immediately wondered how long have they been there? Yeah. And how much of the galaxy's because it turns out like a big plot point in this season has been that Mandalore is not in the treacherous state that we that that everybody believes it to be in it's not a it's not toxic and uninhabitable yeah. and a total mess and so then i started wondering how much of that has been it is propaganda that has been put out there by the empire to keep people away. Yeah. To to maintain control over Mandalore. Well, by Moff Gideon specifically, right? Yes. He's a segment of uh, this, the what remains. Yes. Like when, when, what is the timeline? Like at what point did they all leave Mandalore? The Mandalorians? Yeah. Probably sometime after the Night of Many Tears, the bombing. Right. But when was that? <clears throat> like in the grand scheme? Like, tell me, like, before this movie Timeline and after that wise? movie. Oh, man. It would definitely be before A New Hope. Right. Okay. Right. Cause but A New Hope was only, like, at this point, A New Hope was less than 10 years ago. Yeah. So, <clears throat> we... If we look at the the Rebels timeline, Rebels takes place before A New Hope, and Sabine Wren can't remember if Sabine grew up on Mandalore or not. I don't know, but Sabine uh, worked for the Empire, so yeah. So Sabine worked for the Empire. So at one point, she was in a Imperial so the Purge. Here we go. Stuff she. So I'm thinking like. What there's twenty is there's just about twenty years between episode three and a new hope, episode four. So I would say like five to ten years into the Empire's reign. So Bo Katan, as spoils of their victory, the Empire gathered Mandalorian Beskar and cast the metal into Imperial ingots. The purge, because that's what it was, right? The purge when all the bombing yeah. and whatever happened. The purge was what forced Mandalorian group known as the tribe who had been, you know, blah, blah, blah. Even after, Oh, it's just not telling me when the purge was. Uh, second civil war. Cause the second civil war ended in the purge. Saxon's death, the civil war between clans Saxon and Wren, with the former being backed by the Empire. Uh, so it looks like this all went down. Uh, imperial rule, because there was, like, the Empire was there 
causing trouble on Mandalore before, like while the Mandalorians were still there. Yeah. And then the Civil War happened. It looks like it happened one BBY. It happens one year before A New Hope. Cause of Clans, the former being backed by one BBY, Gar Saxon had been succeeded by his brother, Tibber Saxon, as governor, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So it's only, which is very interesting then, because it's only been like 10, 10 or so years that they've been off Mandalore. <clears throat> one year before, th- that can't be right. Yeah. Yeah. The Night of Many Tears was one year before. Then that makes Rebels only timeline only one year long. Maybe. No. Why? That doesn't. Night of a thousand tears. Night of a thousand tears. Um, dark saber, katan. All of these things. The prelude, the night. Was. No, not behind the scenes. Someone, someone say a Star Wars esqueer here. Come on, please. Hello. Okay. Um, the aftermath, the night, the prelude. In two BBY, Clan Wren joined forces with the Mandalorian resistance led by Bo-Katan Kreese. Together, the combined forces attacked and killed Tibber Saxon. After Saxon's fall, Kreese was gifted the Darksaber by Sabine and went on to unite multiple Mandalorian clans under her against the Empire. Although she claimed rulership, Mandalorian... Uh, she c- claimed rulership Mandalore with the Darksaber. She had not won it in combat, and so followers of the ancient way of the Mandalore, known as the Children of the Watch, believed that it was blah, 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 with Kreese and her followers rebelling against the Empire, the later faction launched a counterattack resulting in the Great Purge of Mandalore during a night of siege, gunships equipped with... Yeah, so it happened sometime after. Like, Bo-Katan gets the Darksaber in 2 BBY. Hmm. And so sometime after that, so very okay. possibly 1 okay, BBY. That, that, that makes more sense. Yeah. Because Sabine gets it in like the second or the last season. Yeah. So it's it quite possible that it's been less so that, than that 10 makes years. More, that would that would mean Rebels can start five five or so years prior to yes. A New Hope. Yeah. So it's quite possible that they've only been off like at this point in, in the Mandalorian show, it's quite possible that the Night of a Thousand Tears was like less than <clears throat> Less than 10 years ago. Yeah. And so that's, yeah. So they haven't been gone long, which at which point that that's not like the shorter that that time period is, the more credit, I think, the idea that the empire has been perpetrating this notion is viable, right? Because if it's like, oh, well, it was like for 30 years, like they wouldn't have been able to keep people off for 30 years. No, but like eight years, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I think it, it leads more kind of um, weight to the, the theory that Moff Gideon is a Mandalorian and that some of those stormtroopers are Mandalorians too. Yes. Because of in Rebels, us seeing that there are Mandalorians working for the Empire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. On top of that, all the knowledge that, that – um, that he has about the dark saber Mandalorian culture and all that stuff as an Imperial. Why would he care? Right. Yeah. Right? No, but he absolutely. knows all this information about Mandalore and Mandalorian culture and thing, things that Mandalorians should know about, but that an Imperial would not give two craps about unless you're, um, unless you're, um, Oh shoot. His name has escaped me. Blue face. Um, help. Uh, Thrawn. Thrawn, yeah, unless you're Thrawn. <laughs> so, um, Mandalorian yeah. Season 3 takes place in 11 ABY, so it's been 12 years. It's been 12 years since the Night of a Thousand Tears. Cool. So, yeah, very, very, very possible. Yeah, th- that, oh, man, 
it it's funny. It was I thought it was a little odd watching this fight happen. That this the final fight because they kind of get the upper hand in the forge and then they start chasing them through um, cave tunnels and and then the cave tunnels start to look like Im- imperial hallways and I I noticed yeah, it and then they were I don't surprised. know if you noticed it. I noticed it like right away yeah but are these Man, these Mandalorians, they're like so bloodthirsty. They don't notice the change in terrain. That doesn't. Yeah, suddenly they they have to get into the room with the TIE fighters before they're like, what is this place? And it's (laughs) like, wait a minute, we're in an Imperial base? (laughs) Yeah. I was like, "Uh, okay, hang on a second. Uh, Yeah. So that happens. Fighting through an Imperial base for like three minutes, four minutes, and you just notice now. (laughs) So here, I've got the official list. You ready for this? This is timeline list? The official Star Wars timeline. Ooh. So okay. Phantom of the Menace, or the Phantom Menace, Phantom oh, of the Menace. we don't need to start that far. Start at Revenge of the Sith. Uh, okay, well, no, I'll start with Clone Wars. Okay. Clone Wars is 22 BBY to 19 BBY, so it takes place over three years. Okay. Revenge of the Sith is 19 BBY. Bad Batch is 19 BBY. Right. Uh, Solo is 13 BBY to 10 BBY. Okay. Obi-Wan Kenobi is 10 BBY. No, that's not right. You said... Oh, yeah. No, it would be. Yeah, yeah. So so the year that so- the movie Solo is ending... It's a is countdown this- to BBY. You're counting down to BBY. The yeah, smaller that, the number, the closer you are to the Battle of Yavin. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So 10 BBY is, is Obi-Wan Kenobi, yeah. which is interesting because that means it happens the same year that the majority of the solo movie happens. Hmm. Uh, Andor is five years later in 5 BBY. Um, Rebels is 5 BBY to 1 BBY. So it yeah. takes place over the course of four <clears throat> okay. years. Rogue One is zero BBY, obviously. New Hope yeah. is zero BBY. Um, three years later, it's Empire Strikes Back with three ABY. Uh, Return of the Jedi is four ABY. And then Mandalorian Season 1 is eight BBY, or ABY. So it's four years after Return of the Jedi. Right. Mandalorian Season 2 is 10 ABY. So it's two years after the first season. Which, <laughs> for whatever even, reason, I don't know if you've seen some of the stuff interviews with uh, John Favreau, but I don't think even he has locked down how long that's been. No, um, he said one year. He said two years. He's these are like best guesses, flip-flops. I think. Yeah. Um, Book of Boba Fett <clears throat> is one year later in eleven ABY, which is the same year that this is happening. So this season is sort of. Happens in the same year as Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, okay. Which kind of makes sense. Uh, and yeah. then Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker are all between 34 ABY and 35 ABY. So there's still, like, really, what I think is fascinating me in some of this new stuff that we've got coming out from Star Wars, the fact that we're going to get this Ahsoka show, we're going to get this Mandalorian movie, we're going to get, you know, blah, 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 is... Right now, there is a 22-year gap between where, between where we are and the next thing that happens in Star Wars, which is The Force Awakens. There's a, right. That's the biggest t- like chunk of time that we have where we really don't know very much, right? Like the forming of the First Order and how... How, yeah. how, what we've, how, what we're doing in Mandalorian right now, which I think is relevant because I think we may get this in the next, se- or like the beginning, the seeds of this in the next season and maybe in that Mandalorian movie, is how does this underground version of the Empire, this in hiding version of the Empire that is trying to resurrect Palpatine? Yeah. And how, even this isn't getting into a lot of it. So no. Like, so how do we how do we go from where we are to the forming of a quote unquote fake empire, like the rebrand of the empire, 
which a lot of people like it's not until the rise of skywalker that we actually even realize it was like oh it's the first order and it's kind of built out of the 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 ashes of the empire and it's kind of no no it was it was always the empire it was the empire from the get it was the resurgence of the empire because palpatine was the one behind it and so yeah. the first order was really probably just a name given to try to you know oh let's rebrand <laughs> like yeah. the old brand's not real great anymore yeah so like one of the i think i've mentioned this before one of the things that we haven't gotten really into in the live action they may have touched on it very briefly but not enough for anyone to really understand i don't think is that the empire is still alive and well right like it, during the mandalorian it's yes. just not a no one's listening <laughs> well they're 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 periphery planets that were under empire control that once the empire fell they were allowed to maintain their imperial control but they had to disarm yeah so they're imperial by all all rights it's kind of like what we've seen with the with the episode with jack black right imperial it, it, he's not it's not really an imperial planet they probably could have played it a lot better if they had right. done it if they had played it as an actual imperial planet um probably would have made more sense and been better too but yeah they were an imperial planet had to disarm and and kind of fend for themselves that way and they couldn't they didn't have a vote in the senate the new senate mm -hmm. so there are there are lots of imperial pro-imperial planets still in the galaxy during this time frame they're just they don't they don't have any teeth, so to speak, with the exception of of this shadow council and these warlords, yeah, who would who would use these planets as safe havens potentially. Yeah, but, and uh, like yeah, so, a, so a great a great sort of real life comparison to this is because I think as a kid, when you're young and you're watching Return of the Jedi, your mentality is sort of that like okay, once the Empire or once the emperor was dead, that was that was it. Yeah, everybody's right? everyone, good now. <laughs> everyone was happy. The empire's gone. You know, blah blah blah, which clearly was not the case. And it yeah. makes sense because this, so this is kind of like a you know here you go the and and this is this is some people will look at this and go ah that's sort of an extreme comparison. No, not really because this is essentially what the empire is based off of. There's so many parallels. Hitler dies May 7th, 1945. The Nazi party is dissolved on October 10th, 1945. Months later. The war didn't even end for another week <laughs> after well, Hitler and, died. Well, on top of that, like, and, and you're right, like this is... A direct correlation they've they've this is purposeful right oh especially uh, that, the first order that that thing with admiral whatever his face is and there's like red banners hanging when they're on the star killer planet yeah. there's like i'm like well, the way oh they rearmed in secret and stuff yeah yeah it's all it's all kind of taken from real life because when german in world war one germany they didn't no even though they may have had to secede some a lot of ground that they had taken to just back to their just Germany <laughs> original country, they, they're still their own country, but they had to disarm. Kind of the same same mentality in, in Star yes. Wars. It's, yeah. it, Star Wars has taken that mentality. These planets get to stay imperial; they just have to disarm. We're taking and then, their like toys you away. Said, like you said, the even though they're disarmed, the Empire has found a way to rearm itself. The same way. Hitler was able to rearm Germany yes. without breaking rules yep. uh, through secrecy and and uh, kind of sneaky ways. The, yep. the empire is doing the same thing now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's crazy. So, yeah. Um, we have a major Life death in this episode that I feel like we have to talk about. Paz Vizsla's death. Paz Vizsla. Yeah. It goes out swinging. Yeah. 
It was a it was a good death. It was a heroic death. I think it was a Mandalorian death. And I think this show has been weak in terms of giving us moments like that. Right, the last real one I can think of is IG Eleven's demise, initial demise. It it's it's so important for movies and shows to do this, right? Because it adds weight. It adds, yeah. uh, It grounds it. It confirms that there are stakes here. Exactly. Yeah. Big stakes. It's, it's yeah. No, this is, there are, people can are going to die. Yeah. People did die. Okay. Crap's really hitting the fan. So I was yeah. sad to see him go, but I also, I think if you were going to kill someone off, this was, this was a meaningful death. Yeah. And it was a good choice too, because he's a, he's a likable character. Yep. Um, Especially the way he kind of rallied the Mandalorians and has been kind of pseudo leading them mm-hmm. um, because of his presence and his name. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a um, yeah, showing the Praetorian Guard. I was uh, having them show up and uh, Moff Gideon requesting their pre- presence it was kind of a. An interesting nod to end and tie in to the uh, sequel trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of. I, I I'll, I'll say this too. That Praetor, the Praetorian Guard fight in the sequel trilogy. I I I don't think it's as good as everyone gives it credit for. <laughs> I don't think it's as as well choreographed as most people think. Um, but this scene makes those Praetorian guards seem badass. Oh yeah, where where the the throne room fight in the tr- sequel trilogy makes them seem like a bunch of idiots. Uh, yeah. I I mean I won't go that far, but it this is a better this is better. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, so. do you have? Is there anything else that we really should touch on? I don't know. Are we missing anything? Probably. 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 I mean, there's, you know, share a meal together. They arrive. We didn't really talk about the fight that breaks out. Is that worth? Should we talk about that? What fight? Which one? Between the clans. Right? The one that was, well, they were going to, they were going to clash horns eventually. Oh, yeah. When they're playing the chess between Paz Vizsla and the night owl fella. Yeah. Yeah, that one was that was pretty cool. Yeah, and that Grogu split them up. <laughs> yes, using that, that suit, using IG eleven or yeah. twelve. He's hitting no, no, no. Hitting yeah. that button, just mashing yeah. that no button. So good, <laughs> so funny. Yeah. All right, well, sir, uh, was this episode a win or a fail for you? Oh, this is a huge win. This is such a great episode. So much good stuff. So much, so much good stuff. I don't think there was anything in this episode I didn't like. It was all good. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. How much did you hate it? (laughs) Uh, This episode is a win, although it's a win that just kind of cements what a fail this season has been. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I don't know. It's it it sucks that. It sucks that this is after this. We've only got one episode to go. Yeah, and it kind of feels like we only just got our footing. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, like something yeah. about that is <clears throat> not. It really, right. yeah. More and more, it really does feel like they they were trying to tell two different shows' stories in this one show. Yeah, this one season, which is the, stupid. The Rangers of the Republic storyline. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, you know, this, but this was a total win. And I hope, I hope that next week's episode brings it. Oh, it's gotta. It, it better. Din- yeah. I wonder if the, you think they'll kill Din off? No. Why not? No, because then what's the Mandalorian season three or four? It's about Bo-Katan. No, I don't know. I, I think they would lose all... Uh, no. I don't think you can. 
I don't think you can because you there's too much too much of the dynamic of this show which is something that they've lost and I think they need to get their shit back together and realize that this is this is what made everyone care about your show is the dynamic between Dan and Grogu. Right? Grogu's Grogu loses so much cuteness if Din's not there for Grogu to play off of. Uh, I would agree with you that that's why the first season worked so well. And the second. I would disagree with that's where the seasons need to go moving beyond season one. Yeah, I don't know. It just, like, you know, like, what's funny about Grogu eating the frog's eggs is not Grogu eating the frog's eggs. It's Din trying to... It's it's that struggle between the two of them. It's yeah. the, no, stop it. <laughs> like, yeah. don't do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like, I, yeah, that definitely is what makes season one special. And two. Uh, and two, yeah. But you can't... I don't think you can keep beating that horse and, and have it keep paying off. And also there's a bigger story to be told that, that, that Mando is a, that Din Djarin is a part of, and that's the story of the Mandalorians, the story that they are trying to tell. Yeah. And I but think the that show's is, personally, not, I think that's a far more interesting story. Yeah. But the show's not called Mandalorians. It's not called Mandalore. It's called the Mandalorian. It is his show. Yeah. And he's part of the Mandalorian culture. Sure. But the show is still about him. Yeah, right, and that's he's a, still in it. Yeah, so yes, which is why I'm saying you don't kill him off next week. Oh, because because oh, then okay, season yeah. four. No, is I don't like, think they'll kill him off either. No, I'm just okay. really I'm confused as to why Moff Gideon has him. Like, what what reason know. does he have for saving him and not Paz Vizsla? Well, because he was the key to the cloning, right? That was they they there's that's the reason Grogu they were after the him in the first place. Oh, you think he'll maybe he'll use him as leverage for Grogu? Possibly. Nah, they won't do that because Grogu's Grogu's got can't even talk. He can't even. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It's possible. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, that's our episode. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all listed below. Patreon for as little, 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 for as little, little as a dollar a month, you can support the show and get some sick kickbacks. Those are those are treats, bonuses, little tidbits of fun things for you and you alone. Well, you and every, all the other Patreon supporters, and uh, check out our merch page. Summer's coming. You got to get uh, get some new T-shirts. Otherwise, you're gonna look. You just look stupid if you're wearing all of last year's T-shirts. You know. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm very pleased to say, after having watched this episode, that this is the way. Ah, uh, but there's always a bigger fish. Or N- in the no, store. what? No. Stop. Ah. <laughs> <laughs>